every day, a little more gray in the beard. She goes, I know, because uh, she's six years younger than me, and it makes her very happy. <laughs> like, look, I'm not Taika Waititi or something. Like, let's yeah. all... <laughs> It's not like Steve Martin here. It's uh... right. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. This is but you know it always is Steve Martin. What? Hey there, everybody. <laughs> You're goddamn right. It's the anniversary episode. You got me that time. I was reveling in our anniversary episode. You finally fucking got me. It's the anniversary episode of Pixel. It's the. <laughs> Children cheering. <laughs> Where we read, recap, and review video game novelizations. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And on Hello. today's show, we are talking about Resident Evil Caliban Cove. That's right. We're going back to where we started. We're with, back, baby. With an S.D. Perry novelization in the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, it's, it's Caliban Cove time to celebrate one year one year. One, one year of Pixel. One year. Can you believe oh, we've been doing this crap. for a year? I can't actually. I don't. I don't have the attention span for year-long projects, Kevin. I don't know how we did this. Somehow we just kept doing it, and, and we just and, kept doing and it. And a year went by. Yeah, yeah. And, and time moved past us. And time we moved stayed past the same. Us. We yeah. stayed the same. Uh, and and the year progressed, and and hallelujah, here we are. Here we it's are. Time, baby. It's time for Caliban Cove, uh, yes. as we as we promised. I think I think we might have said it in another episode at some point that we would be returning to Resident Evil for the one year anniversary, and, and here it is. We're back. Here we are. Yeah, this is this is exciting. Yeah, because uh, we mentioned in uh, previous episodes, not just the last one, but a couple now that. We have so much more experience now with this style of novelization, this style of book, that I don't think we were, un, uh, you know, mean uh, about Resident Evil, The Umbrella Conspiracy, which is the first in the series at all. Not at all. But I don't think we appreciated what we had. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we did. I don't think I, we, we knew what we had in our hands. Yeah, which is, I think is, it took a whole year of this shit to realize, oh, I oh, see. Oh, man. Resident Evil Umbrella Conspiracy is definitely in the upper quartile of the books that we have read. <laughs> Easily. Easily. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Just, just it's like it's like this is this is the romantic comedy. This is the part of the romantic comedy where we, we like come back and we're like, let's, let's give this a try again. I'm older, wiser. Yeah. I, I don't want to be with Kelly anymore. I, I want to be with, with you. With uh, Caliban. Caliban Cove. <laughs> and, just and imagine Cove. Caliban from the X-Men comics. <laughs> I just imagined a random rocky formation at the mouth of a at the mouth of a cove, just <laughs> sitting there, mute. Just, <laughs> just, just, just like cut to me saying, I love you, Caliban Cove, and it cuts to like just waves gently crashing on some rocks. Slapping against the shore. <laughs> A beautiful you, moon. <laughs> you complete me, Caliban. Yeah. <laughs> it just cuts back to us. It's like, oh, that sure was a cove. God damn. <laughs> it's the cove we made along the way. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so S.D. Perry, it's her second time around with her. Uh, yes. What can you tell me about S.D. Perry? 
SD Perry, for those of you who haven't been with us uh, from the very beginning, SD Perry is actually the daughter of a um, another uh, for you know for work for hire uh, writer named Steve Perry. Uh, they've between the two of them worked on like every kind of sci-fi fantasy horror franchise there is working on. Um, but uh, SD Perry, she actually uh, did. A bunch. Well, she basically did all of these, I think. Yeah, she did all of all of the, the Resident, Resident Evil, Evil novels. Yep. Um, she did a bunch of uh, Alien books, Alien versus Predator books. Like she did books that I read when I was a kid. I read through all the Aliens books, all the Alien versus Predator books, the Predator books, all that shit. She wrote all that stuff sometimes with her dad. Um, she did uh, Magic the Gathering stuff, uh, Star Trek. She did a ton of Star Trek. And uh, actually, interestingly enough, uh, wrote for uh, Uncharted, oh. uh, the video game series. So she's That's she's cool. got some. Yeah, she's got some real uh, uh, stripes on her. She, she really knows this there. life. What's that? Um, she's got some bona fides there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just a point of point of order. Her dad, Steve Perry, is not that yes. Steve Perry who no. is the lead singer of Journey. Different no. Steve Perry. <laughs> Different Steve Perry. <laughs> I have to assume slightly better head of hair. Slightly better. Then again, I don't know what I don't know what Journey Steve Perry's hair looks like these days, but back in the day it was it was weird and stringy. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of him. It's uh it's it's got a lot of it's got a lot of product. In there. Oh well, there you go. It's got a Maybe. it's got a luminosity all unto itself. Um, oh my gosh, that's like, <laughs> oh my god, he looks like Jerry Lewis. Wow, he does look like Jerry Lewis. He looks like he's about to step in and host Jerry's Kids. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, for a guy in this, the picture I'm looking at, uh, are you looking at his wiki picture? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's 70, 70 I think seventy one in that picture. Yeah, and he looks great for a guy in his early seventies. I gotta yeah, say, yeah. I mean, he, he's got a he's got uh, that worn, leathery skin. Like some people, <laughs> like tan too much, and it's a problem, and their skin right. is just. And he looks like he tanned too much, but the wrinkles just fell fell in the right spots. Now right. he has this nice, nice crispy, leathery skin that you know you you just. You could you could make a wallet out of. And I'm not <laughs> saying I want to make a wallet out of Steve Perry's face. I'm just uh-huh. saying you could. Uh huh. Does this does this have anything to do with our latest sponsorship with MakeYourOwnWallet.net? <laughs> and you can specify the different building materials. MakeYourOwnWallet.net promo code Pixelit gives you twenty percent off of your own Steve Perry off. wallet. Steve Perry. <laughs> If you if you hold it against your ear, you can hear the screams. Make your own wallet. Dot net. No, he, he looks like it's a, it's the kind of tan that looks like it was come by honestly. Let it was me put an it that honest, way. It was an honest day's tan. Right, right. He didn't he didn't spend a ton of time in a machine or with oils. Like he was actually out in, out in the damn fields or something like that. I don't know if there are fields where Steve Perry is. Probably yeah. not. Anyway. S.D. Perry, that's our our author. Uh, if you want more of her work, head back to our first ever uh, book series, uh, episodes one, two, three, and four. Uh, and five. Was there I a think fifth we did one? Fi- fifth and five. five. Uh, one that we five. did. 
on that was Cal- that was before on, we really streamlined this thing yeah uh, on uh the umbrella conspiracy which yes. is an adaptation of resident evil one and just right. to give a little background on what calban cove is um so the first book in the series was an adaptation of of resident evil one i believe the third book in the series which is called the city of the dead is mm-hmm. a adaptation of resident evil 2. um yes. caliban cove is neither um caliban cove is actually it's a completely original work by sd perry set in the resident evil universe starring uh rebecca chambers as the main character now this was before uh resident evil zero was a thing Mm-hmm. Um, so that you, although SD Perry did write the adaptation for that too, she did. She did write the adaptation for that as well. But this was to give Rebecca Chambers like a little extra something, something. Um, yeah, you know, just and it, it's uh, it's set in between one and two, and it explains why Rebecca Chambers is not involved at all in in Resident Evil Two. Yeah. Why there? Why she's not around uh, for for RE Two? So uh, and that's 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 what Caliban Cove is. And uh, we are reading through it. And if you want to join us, go right ahead. Pick up a pick up a book. It's a it's a it's pretty short, about two hundred fifty pages. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, St- join us at page one, won't join you? Join us at page one, which is actually uh, page nine. It's actually page page nine. <laughs> oh shit! I got page one. In the oh. old school version with the, the weird old school version, green and white pixelated. It, the the prologue starts on page nine in this printing. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do they pack into pages one through eight? Um, uh, so so page one says uh, Resident Evil Caliban Cove. Sure. And then sure. page two says also by S.D. Perry. Oh. And then uh, page three say, is Resident Evil Caliban Cove S.D. Perry. Okay. And page four is your printing and isbin numbers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, page five is the dedication. Still Resident Evil Caliban Code. Dedication for <laughs> Leslie, Hole Digger Extraordinaire. I assume Leslie is her dog. Uh, I Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that too. I hope. Six is left intentionally blank. Of course. Uh, seven has the quote, through avarice, ah. evil smiles. Through insanity, it sting. It sings from it sings. anonymous. Anonymous. Page eight, intentionally blank, and page nine. Prologue. Prologue, baby. All right, here we go. So starting with the prologue. Um, the prologue, kind of like in the in the original, the first book, it starts out with these uh, ripped from the headlines newspaper clippings to kind of give us the background of. What has been happening in the weeks since Resident Evil 1? So you got three articles in here. One talking about how the Spencer Mansion was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one talking about how the stars... The stars are drug addicts. I love this. <laughs> it's a cover-up, kid. There's, There's... Yeah. It was their fault. They went in drunk. They went in drunk and high, and they crashed yeah. their their helicopter, and only a That's, few of them lived. Which, which, where's that alternate reality video game? I play the shit out of that. It's, it, there's it's, no zombies. You're just it's a five drunk minutes Chris. long. Yeah. 
Wesker's actually like the only sober one. He's trying to help. You shoot him in the face. You accidentally shoot him in the face when the plane crashes. Your just gun goes off accidentally. Sort of like that right. conspiracy theory with JFK. Did you ever hear that one? Where it's no. Um, what's that? So okay, so that there there was no real conspiracy. Lee Harvey Oswald did shoot JFK for the first bullet. The second bullet. Um, people, the the conspiracy, it's a really light conspiracy, is that it was uh-huh. an accidental misfire from a Secret Service agent in the car behind him. So uh. basically, they did some trajectory mapping, and it's like, oh yeah, these two came from the book depository, and then there was a Secret Service agent with his, his gun on his lap, and... There was he accidentally misfired, shot through the front of their car, and hit JFK in the back of the head. What the fuck? So, so now wait, is this just bad timing on his part, it, or is he just like, like it's just like a he was startled by the gun gunshots? Okay, and he accidentally, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say they're like it just so happens, and he yeah no, it was like boom boom, and then he accidentally fires. Okay, okay, we're gonna have to ask a. Probably not aliens about that one. They, yeah, they, I mean, they just did a conspiracy talk, an episode uh, a few weeks ago yeah. at this point talking about what conspiracies they, they do believe. They did not bring that up when it's when J- it's uh, but Tristan JFK. does want to do a JFK episode, I think that that's always the one that that people who are the, if 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 if, a, if an otherwise reasonable person tells you that there is a. Uh, a conspiracy theory that they actually believe in. You you can put down money probably that that it's something to do with JFK. It's either JFK or Jimmy Hoffa. Sure, sure. But Jimmy yeah. Hoffa isn't a conspiracy theory. It's more or less just a theory because there's no yeah. alternate, like there's no real theory for Jimmy right. Hoffa. <laughs> it's just a mystery at this point. It's just yeah, a mystery. I mean, it's a, it doesn't even really count. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah, totally. No, it doesn't count. That he doesn't, disappeared. Not really. Not really. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the oomph of a uh, we faked the moon landing, you know? Right. Stanley Kubrick and and company. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so the stars are a, drunk. <laughs> the stars are drunk. That's uh, Article 2. And uh, the third one is that the, it, the cover-up is in full effect and the uh, Spencer Estate fire has been deemed accidental. Accidental. So... Umbrella clearly has, uh, you know, offered $55 and a $25 gift card to the Sizzler uh, to the journalists of Raccoon City. And uh, and it's money well spent, let's just say. Do Sizzlers still exist? I don't think that they do. No, I don't know why. <laughs> well, that was the first thing that popped in. It is 1998 in the continuity True. of the book. So Sizzlers would still be at their peak, I think. I right? have to... Yeah, I have to look. The Sizzler. You have to look at. You have to look that up now. Restaurant <laughs> company. Let's see. Doing businesses. It is still around. Wow. There are ninety nine locations for the Sizzler. Uh, this oh, it makes sense. Most of them are out west. Uh, that's why we don't know anything about them. Oh, uh, okay. Most of them are in California, uh, with some in Washington, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Idaho, Utah, Oregon, Alaska, and Puerto Rico. Huh. Keep up the good work, Carrie A. Cramp. Uh, we're proud of you. Doing a good job. That's the, that's the CEO. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's only, uh, do you ever, do you, speaking of the Sizzler, do you remember the Ground Round restaurant? Ground Round, I'm not so familiar okay. with. No. Yeah, there's only 15 locations of that left. 
So, so Sizzler's got it up on somebody. Sizzler has it up on somebody. Not bad. The original was from Culver City. Okay. Chapter one. <laughs> Chapter one. All right. Sizzler. Good. Jesus Christ. We've learned. You go back. You guys go back and listen to the first nothing few episodes. Has changed. We've, we've learned nothing. We've learned nothing. We're just hoping that you enjoy our tangents as much as we do. That's all Chapter we're relying one. on. Rebecca Chambers is riding her bike from the Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> Where she had a hearty steak dinner and mashed potatoes. So uh, she's not she, feeling so good. <laughs> she's not feeling so hot. And she's on her way. She's right. on her way to uh, to Barry's house because Barry has called a, a meeting. Um, he he wants he wants everybody to be, meet at his house because he has is important information. And we yes. get a lot of internal monologue from from Rebecca in these in these pages about you know what things have been like the few weeks since the Spencer mansion incident. Uh, yeah. You know, people have been like staring at her wherever she goes because they know she's one of them drunk stars people. Uh, <laughs> she's like, the stars she's are drunk everywhere she goes. The, the stars are effectively suspended. And um, she just wants to, she just wants to retreat from the field duty life and work as a biochemist back in a lab somewhere. She doesn't want to do anything out in the field anymore. And and who could blame her? Because for those playing the home game, what is she, 19 years old? 18, 19. Actually, yeah. 18. She's 18. Yeah. 18. And so she's a, a, she's a genius at biochemistry and all that she's stuff. De- but she's graduated from college at 18 right. with a degree but, in biochem. But as far as I'm concerned, literally a child. Literally uh, so a child. She's had a long summer, and, and, and she just wants to find a nice, boring lab job at this point. And and who could blame her? <laughs> yeah, um, I had a note here um, for when she uh, arrives at at Barry's house. Um, so she knocks on the door, um, and or she's about to knock on the door, and Barry a- a- answers the door. And one of the things that I love about S.D. Perry's writing is she doesn't shy away from being a little bit thirsty in the way she sure. describes Sure. Oh, yeah, people. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know, Barry is like Barry in the games. I don't think there's there's anybody who has thought of thought Barry of as like a, a sexual icon. Um, no, I mean, maybe a little bit. He is a bit of a bear, but like. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. But. but He's not, not traditionally he, not traditional. Right. Yeah. And then in in this the open the line when we get introduced to Barry again now for, for in book number two, um, Barry opened the door dressed in a T-shirt and jeans, his heavily muscled body filling the doorframe. Filling Barry, the doorframe. <laughs> Barry lifted weights with a vengeance. Period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lifted weights. Period. Period. With, With a, a vengeance. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. His it's cult like python just... was tucked into a hip holster, making him look yeah, like an overgrown cowboy. <laughs> but it fucking was. I bet that python was just tucked right into that fucking hip right there. It's so fucking big. <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta put that python down one pant leg, don't you, Barry? God damn. God damn it, Barry. God damn, Barry. Uh. 
<laughs> so Barry says hi to Rebecca. Uh, he sure does. Yeah. Sure. Like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and they have a, the you know, it's like, he's like, you know, hey, were you followed? And uh, yeah. she she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to imagine her with that voice, like a, like a prepubescent Muppet. No! <laughs> Elmo wasn't followed. <laughs> Were you followed? No, Elmo wasn't followed. <laughs> One year anniversary. Hey, were you followed? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Let's just run down the Muppets. Let's do it all. <laughs> do them all. <laughs> oh, God. What's the name of the rock that Elmo's getting, always getting pissed off at? Oh, uh, God. Oh, was it Rocky or something like that? It was something very Elmo standard. and Rock. Um, Elmo and Rock. The uh, legend continues. Rocco. Rocco. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Rocco. <laughs> Elmo had to kill Rocco. Rocco was bit. <laughs> Rocco was becoming a zombie. <laughs> Are you sure, Elmo? I didn't see any wounds on it. Elmo thinks you might have been bit too. <laughs> okay, well, let's all just calm down, Elmo. I think, I think, uh, I think I did see that wound there. Let's just uh, move on and defeat Wesker. <laughs> Um, so um, <laughs> there's a dude at Barry's house. It's uh, yes, a Barry's, new dude. A new dude. He is another uh, Stars agent. Um, his he's British. Uh, his name is David Trap with two P's yes. in Trap. Trap. Indeed. Um, and he's from the Exeter branch in Maine. And I was meaning to look up <laughs> like. Maine, the the, the hot standard band. issue state for you know high end you know uh, uh, secret military organizations. Sure. Exeter sure. is a town of a thousand people. Uh huh. <laughs> of course it is, because it's secret. It's 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 close to Banger. Um, I hardly know her. Um, ah, ah. <laughs> um yeah, I guess it's yeah, yeah, whatever. Stars anyway. headquarters, London, New York, Washington, and Exeter, Maine. Exeter, Exeter, Maine, <laughs> home of the Exeter uh, Red Claw Single A baseball team. Yeah, I was about to say it's like we've got a minor league baseball team and we've a fast them. pitch softball team too. We've got everything. <laughs> we've got everything. <laughs> the we only a- sizzler on the East Coast. <laughs> we have a fair that comes through once every three years. <laughs> we don't know how or why it just shows up the fog it's rolls ancient in mystery the fog rolls in and the the fair just appears don't look directly into the band leader's eyes oops you did <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye these carnies will eat you anyway did yeah. trap <laughs> trap trapapa um Trap-a-pa. yes uh, both p's are pronounced um of course that's how the English do it. Is uh, he's there and he's like, listen, good news and bad news. Good news is 
David Trapp is here. Bad news is stars doesn't believe you and there's no backup coming. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's pretty much the conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's just there to be a bummer. Like the the best news. Yeah. The best news is I'm here. Uh, he believes them. Yeah. He believes them. As we find out. He, Uh, he, he, he started with Barry. Yeah. He basically gives them the lowdown on everything that's, happened he's like been calling up other stars branches to like ask they're like their hey advice did you hear on- about this thing the zombie right zombie? isn't that fucking crazy and they're like oh we'll get back to you <laughs> yeah well uh we got a i got a thing and i'll call you back uh which i'm sure won't come uh, uh back That's to not, haunt anybody it's not going to come back to haunt anybody ever no. Um, no. so, so Chris and Jill finally show up after, uh, Barry regales, uh, Rebecca with a story of, of when David and, and him were in stars, stars school together right. <laughs> about like, uh, it was a story about a, 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 a grumpy commander and rubber snakes. Um, yeah. which <laughs> we don't get any more details other than that, but I, nope. I assume that it's hilarity ensued. Um, uh, that has to be what happens next. Obviously. Obviously. Um, so basically Chris and Jill show up. They're like, Hey, what's up? And David Trapp gives them low down, as you said. Um, and, and it's just 20 questions from here on out. Chris is like, right. Did you talk? Did you, did you talk to the guy? There's a guy named uh, Palmieri, who is the, mm-hmm. the, Head of Stars, the Stars National Commander Marco Palmieri, um, who uh, he's he's on a classified. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that Stars, in the way it's set up in the book universe, is mm-hmm. a like a mercenary organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're, a they're private contractors. Pri- they're private yeah. contractors. I was like, oh yeah. right. They're terrible. And, and the and, and the general and the general idea seems to be the story that's going around is that uh, they actually went in there to fuck up umbrella shit because there was some sort of funding dispute. Mm. Uh, that's that's the that's the implication that they're hearing from all over the place. So, yeah, basically, I mean, do they go into like, are they disavowed officially or anything like that at this point? Or? They're like suspended or something like that pending an investigation, right. but there's no investigation moving. Um, right, right. And the guy who could only sort it out, the only guy who could sort it out is the guy who's the head of stars and nobody can find him um, because yeah. he's on a secret mission in the Middle East. Which is not yeah, problematic at all. Nope. Nope. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's 1998, it's, uh, and an American paramilitary organization is not destabilizing any governments uh, in the Middle East. No. 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 Are you enjoying the music? The music's good, right? Yeah. You're going to enjoy that when you're older. It's uh, Smash extra mouth. special good. Yeah. Smash Mouth. Who, who here likes the wallflowers? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Step that's, back uh, from that Bob ledge, Dylan's my kid. friend. Oh step, yeah! Step back from that ledge. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's not looking good for old stars. <laughs> it's not it's looking not. good for the old stars. Stars no. family. Um, uh, so basically, David drops the bomb that there is another umbrella lab that he has his suspicions about. Um, contact has been severed. Uh, nobody can figure out what's going on. 
he has a team of some stars peeps that he trusts wholeheartedly. And uh, he wants to bring Rebecca along because she knows, you know, science and shit. Yeah. <laughs> she knows science and shit. And there's going to be virus stuff there. And we need an 18 year old. I mean, a scientist uh, to uh, to check all this stuff out. Yep. Uh, because so, yeah, he's stars. People, for the most part, only know one thing. And that's uh, guns. Guns, pretty much. It's guns and then the science person. There's that's it's the a bunch of gun people of and then science. Sci- that's, right. that's the meta. Is, is There's gun, gun guy, gun girl, guy with big extra extra gun and, uh, and mousy uh, gun girl. <laughs> Underage, question mark? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> um, the other... Um, the other thing, uh, and this conversation is pretty fluid from like chapter one into chapter two. Just like yeah. the the break between one and two is kind of arbitrary in terms of like it. It's just an opportunity to to break up the chapters. I think because this right. is a this the first three chapters are one extremely long scene, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, um, it's 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 a it kind of serves like two main purposes. A it it in a in a nutshell it gets everyone up to speed who maybe read the first Resident Evil book like a year ago, like say us us, and uh, <laughs> and it gives you oh right that's okay good and and frankly it probably is good enough for anyone who just happened to pick this one up and didn't read the first book. Right, uh, you know it just gets you up to speed and. Also, but but in story, it gets the main characters. All right, here's our adventure. Here's the it sets, you know, it's, it's yeah. We're setting the, we're setting the stakes right now. Here's like here's right. the stakes. Here's who's going to be involved. Um, we're we're laying the track as yes. as as uh, somebody might say. If we're it's like the um, you know that scene. What a scene I love that I always point to in terms of good ex, good example of exposition because a lot of a lot of people, when they're talking about, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't just have exposition. There should be blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you can have a scene that's just pure exposition as long as you make sure. it interesting. Um, Absolutely. And a scene I point to often is Back to the Future. There's an entire s- uh, stretch of Doc Brown just running around talking about what the DeLorean does. The plot isn't moving forward at all. He's nope, literally just explaining the stakes of the movie and what the and how the DeLorean functions and it's it's but and it's like a five minute sequence of him just doing that and yep. the reason why it works is a Christopher Lloyd and Christopher b Lloyd. the writing is very snappy and so yes. Christopher Lloyd's just executing on that writing and he's just oh oh Marty oh, Marty they it's, found me I don't know it. how they found me but they found me. <laughs> That's it. I, it you, no, you nailed it. It's 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 it. Good writing and a fantastic art, uh, actor. Uh, the exposition rests solidly on his string beanie shoulders, and it works. It works. Uh, and honestly, this ain't half bad as no, far as not. an exposition dump is concerned. Uh, right. It, it and that is what we get. We get. It does break up a little bit in the sense that chapter one ends with him dropping the bomb that I'm taking the youngest, most inexperienced member with me to go check out this umbrella lab. Uh, but it go, you're right. It goes right into it in chapter two. 
and yeah, we're getting more, and we we get more internal monologue from her in yeah. the sense of the oh god, what am I doing? I don't know if I want to do this. Should the I do scene this? Is also do, the scene's also doing a good uh, job of changing perspective, uh, point yes. of view between the different characters in the room. Um, like for example, as soon as Chris hears this, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going, of course, we're all going. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody, Jill and Barry and Chris are like, yeah, we're, we're going, we're going with mm-hmm. you. And, and, um, and Mr. Trap is basically like, yeah, I mean, this is like a covert operation and right. <laughs> five is already pushing the limit. So <laughs> the fewer people, the better at that point. <laughs> but we do, we do get another name drop in this chapter uh, that you might remember from the first book. Uh, our mystery man, our man of mystery, Trent. Trent, the man Still with the... the most 90s name of all time. <laughs> he, his name's Trent, and he's Trent. he's uh, he's got a trench coat on, and yep. Trent's the trench coat wearer. Um, he's that guy. What do you think he's listening to? What what music do you think he's, he's listening is it, to? Is it a complete cop-out if I say Nine Inch Nails? No, no, I think he's... I, think I mean, he's, a guy named Trent wearing a trench coat, I have to assume... He's listening know, to Trent wearing a trench coat and his pretty little hate machine kind of shit yeah i mean it's it's just it's it's gotta be especially when we get the scene because we do get david we get a brief flashback to david uh recalling that that night that it was raining because of course it was and uh we're getting some serious crow vibes here and mysterious trent shows up sopping wet with a uh, miraculously, it's only yeah. The, the yeah, rain yeah. is pouring down. Tappity 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 tappity, and yeah. and his envelope is only described as damp, despite the fact that it just sounds like it's a it's a gully washer out there. And uh, and he and he gives the envelope over to David with all kinds of expository information in it, with riddles and shit. Like is because because. <laughs> This is still Resident Evil. Let's not forget. It's still Resident it's- Evil. And Trenton plays the game. It's basically like, um, it's like a, it's like an escape room, but out in the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly it. So, yeah, it, it, it comes with information. It's got a map with a bunch of structures from the Caliban Cove. It's where David's basically getting his his hunch, quote unquote, right. that there's some uh, that nasty there's some umbrella shit, shit going on. There's some there's some some big shit going on. Exactly. And then, and then Trent turns around and walks away and David's like, but what? And he, all he hears is, I hurt myself. Right. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Trent disappears into a, a flock of crows and just... <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that was metal as fuck, you know. <laughs> so he's got he get the on, on on one of the pages there's a list of names uh including uh one in particular uh that Rebecca recognizes uh as a um, as a scientist, I believe, uh and a researcher there and then a, a, a like they call it poetry basically. It's a poem. Uh but anyone who plays Resident Evil, this is this is pretty standard clues and hints at Resident Evil style public uh, uh, puzzles. It says Ammon's message received. Blue series. Enter answer for key. Letters and numbers reverse. Time rainbow. Don't count blue to access. And uh, 
So I think we've got I think we got a cheat sheet here is what we're looking. Yeah, at. Yeah, this is all going to play in later for oh, for yeah. stuff. I want to rewind a few pages though. Just yeah, to, yeah. Ju- we can we can jump right back. I just we we blew past um, oh. Chris remembering the names of the dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Joseph, uh, you know, Richard, Kenneth, Forrest, and Enrico. So those are the stars members that died, right? Those are the those yep. are the the stars. Uh, all of our stars friends. Not to mention Billy Rabbitson. Rabbitson. Rabbit, <laughs> son of rabbit. Bill, Billy was just Billy in in book one, and in book yes. two he is Billy Rabbitson. Billy Rabbitson. <laughs> I love that name. Listen, we're going to be reaching out. Uh, we've spoken to SD Perry uh, about an interview, and she she's she's actually interested in at least doing a Q and A, not live. Yeah, but she's going to answer our questions and sure. your questions. It's Billy Rabbitson is uh on that That's, list it's on the list uh billy rabbitson know. question mark <laughs> right <laughs> that's all that's the whole question she goes i know i know that maybe i mean she, she dedicated this to her dog maybe that's an inside joke between, maybe it's maybe an inside dog. joke it's a but rabbit maybe, maybe it's also like rabbits billy rabbitson is like a reference to like billy batson who is um oh. Like who's uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam in the DC universe? So, like, damn, you just pulled that out of a clear blue fucking sky. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. that's what it. Maybe I mean Rabbitson, maybe. Batson. I've never, Rabbitson. I'd, I'd never heard Batson before either. So that's true. That's a good point. Um, son of Bat. Son of Bat. The old Norse name. <laughs> the old Norse name. The classics never die, Kevin. Son of uh, Bat. Son of Bat. That's actually, uh, yeah, Batman's son's name is of course. Is, is John Batson. Yeah, John Batson. Now, he's the one that that skipped being Robin and just went straight into Wall Street. Straight into uh, Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, he's not really mentioned in the comics. Um, no, he's he's a Gordon Gecko uh, type of character. Pretty much. <laughs> He'll um, get there. He'll get there. He, or it, the Wolf of Wall Street was actually a DC comic adaptation right? based on. Oh my God! The twists, the turns. I'd read the fuck out of that. And now, and now we have to watch the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm gonna go to Emily and be like, "Look, we're gonna watch Wolf of Wall Street, and just let's just for funsies, head cannon. He's the son of Batman. What? Just trust me on this one. God damn it! He's he's Bruce Wayne's bastard son. Right? Yeah. But but why? Why not? Just we're why just, not? We're doing this. All right? Come on. Bat son. Bat right son. There. And now, a word from our sponsor. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Winkle's Tired Dad Barbecue Sauce. You know it's good because we spent all this time working on it for you. Winkle's, don't argue with me, Patricia. So, uh, Rebecca, now jumping back ahead to where we were, Rebecca has a, yes. a big expository moment where she breaks down this this guy, Dr. Griffith. Um, yes. Which is a really fascinating story. And normally I don't like these, oh, he's so, he's a famous so-and-so because, good Lord, I don't, most people don't think or talk like that. Like, oh, no. I know, he does, he's a blah, 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 blah. And like, I think 
this could have been slightly more believable at the beginning had she just said, oh, he was a uh, he was a friend of my old professor. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just leave it at that. Just don't make him famous or whatever. But then go ahead and tell this story. And so she yeah. tells a story about a guy who basically um, he's he has this like these insane viral theories that turn out to be unfounded. But um and then he experiments on a bunch of people um, because he tries to figure out a way to uh, cure uh, uh, Marburg, which is um, yeah, it that is a real virus. Um, oh, it is Jesus! It is yeah, it's it a rare but severe hemorrhagic fever. Um, oh shit! Which affects both people and non-human primates. So uh, Marburg is it's like a it's a it's similar to uh, Ebola. From the initial headache to extreme amplification in a matter of days, fever, clotting, shock, brain damage, massive hemorrhaging from every orifice, they would have died in pools of their own blood. So, yeah, not uh, not a pleasant day at the park from that one. No, Marburg is not a it's not a fun virus. So anyway, this guy no. intentionally infected a bunch of people with Marburg um, to see if he could cure them with his experiments. Did not. Did not succeed. <laughs> no, did not succeed. And it's it's kind of funny because it's such good writing. Like it, this is this is like if 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 SD Perry was not influenced by Michael Crichton, uh, and this is this was released in the heyday of Michael Crichton, uh, then I for one would be very very surprised. Uh, Crichton had such a talent, uh, flawed man that he was. He had such a talent for taking complex mathematical and scientific ideas and writing them in such a way that, that you, you know, at least in the time that you were reading it, you could follow and you understood what was going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, her and her dad would have been example. contemporaries, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, I wonder if there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's, it's actually good scientific writing. Yeah. Uh, like old school sci-fi where it's based heavily in actual science and that sort of thing. Right. So it's not this like is, this is kind of cool. It's not like Dead Space, which was terrible sci-fi writing. Um, <laughs> this this is good sci-fi writing, which is like it it doesn't have to. And that's the, the, the thing with good sci-fi writing is it could be mostly zero percent accurate, but it sounds 100 yeah. percent accurate. It, it right. doesn't it doesn't have to, like, actually make sense as long as it sounds like it makes sense to the writer. Right. You know what I mean? And it, like, and it's, like yeah. I see Marburg and I'm like, oh, yeah, Marburg. That's like an Ebola type virus. Like I, I honed in on that immediately. Like, that's a real thing. That's not some well, it's, made up thing. <clears throat> it's like that old saying how uh, the best lies are couched in truth. Right. Uh, it's that kind of thing. It, there's just enough truth in there uh, to make for a convincing uh, a character and i agree with you i think this this is uh, the way uh, she describes this scientist and like basically the idea is that his he uh, he never succeeded in his theories no, his he, hypotheses he didn't were never true in, like there's nothing there is no success no. in any element of the story the main None. problem None. is that he's a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> right, pretty much. And that's the thing. His theories, that's how she describes it. His theories are so off the wall and fascinating that he got a lot of attention and everyone was kind of fascinated by him, despite the fact that his theories were never correct or workable. Right. Uh, they were just just bonkers enough, I think, that everyone seemed to enjoy him. Uh, enjoy, quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> 
and including uh, Rebecca, who read his work and, and was familiar with who uh, what he did. So I think we've got our main antagonist here. Yes, yes. He, he feels like... Um, and there's actually a reference in here to... Um, I believe there's a reference to to Nazis in here. They they they, they mm-hmm. like I think don't they like liken him to a Nazi doctor or something like? That? Well, they say something like they, they kind of it's kind of a a self um, or an introspective moment where they're like this is all so insane. All it needs is like a Nazi flag flying over it to be like a blockbuster sci-fi movie or right. something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, which yeah, it's you very know what? you know that, what it is. It feels very. Um, Something about the setup to this one feels very Castle Wolfenstein. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which makes sense. There, there's there's a ton of ca- Castle Wolfenstein in Resident Evil. There's yeah. that gothic, you know, they're all they all tend to be centered around a giant castle or a mansion or something. Right. That gothic feel to it, even though Wolfenstein wasn't a horror uh, game, uh, it still had that classic. It- I mean, you know, yeah, and to to an extent, Wolfenstein does, does have a lot of did have a lot of horror elements. You know, you have sure um, as you progress through the castle, you 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 go from fighting Nazis to fighting you know these these zombies with with three arms, like a, a third yeah. arm sewn in onto their chest and stuff like. It that. It does get weirder and weirder as you go. <laughs> There's no question about that. And then that. eventually, yeah. you fight Hitler in a giant mecha suit. Well, that's just based on real life. That's not sci-fi. I mean, Bionic Commando and Wolfenstein can't both be wrong. No, they can't. That's there's <laughs> it, it all it, it fits too many pieces of the puzzle. That's just all there is to it. So, <laughs> so so by the end of this chapter, yeah. Rebecca just kind of screws her courage to the sticking place and uh, and says, "I'll I'll do it. I'll do, I'll it. do it. Let's go." If this guy's involved, I'll do it because it. Bad things can happen. Bad things, man. Um, and they also they also name drop William Birkin again, who is um, yes. who is William Birkin, one of the more famous Resident Evil characters, uh, the uh, antagonist of Resident Evil Two. It was two, yeah. Of, yeah, he's he's like an ever he's like an ever present monster. Um, less right. the anta- less the antagonist um like I, I i differentiate the monster in in some instances i like to differentiate the monster from the the actual antagonist uh, yeah. a little bit because you have like police chief brian irons who's like doing some really shady stuff and yeah and and all that you know the human actors who are who are actively doing bad shit versus like william burke and who at the time in re2 is just like a mindless monster you know, walking right. around. He's, he's a monster. He's not our, he's not the main bad He's not guy. actively acting against, he's, he's killing, just killing everything. Right. He, he's, he's Frankenstein's monster and the actual monster is Dr. Frankenstein. Ooh, kind of thing. Is, yeah, yeah, he is. He's, Dr. Frankenstein is as the monster. That's yeah, uh, pretty much, actually. He's, he's both the doctor and the monster. You're right. It's the only time when calling the monster Frankenstein is kind of correct. So, yeah, yes. you're absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, we'll read more about him in the next book, actually. Uh, yeah. But uh, that brings us to chapter three. And uh, we are, for the first time in this book, uh, at Jill's uh, POV. Yep. 
Um, she she basically is just watching everybody's reaction to what Rebecca is saying and silently judging them as stereotypical totally. men. <laughs> totally. She's she's she seems to be the only person that is is fully confident of Rebecca's abilities. And she's like, these men worried about 18-year-old girls being sent into the maw of hell. Ugh, Ugh. man, I hate them. And, and like and I think Jill's like Jill's point of view is slightly different because at Rebecca's age, she was already like a hardened criminal. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's true. That's true. Jill was just Jill was on her 14th arrest by the time she was Rebecca's age. Breaking and entering petty larceny. All that. Yeah, good they, shit. he refers to her as a and e expert. Um, right. Earlier yeah. in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And indeed, she is. Indeed, so, she yeah. is. Um uh, so they're basically they're they're breaking down like all right what else should we do um yeah. uh should we go to the press should we do this should we do that basically trap is explaining to them like all right jill chris barry this is what you guys need to do here this is what you guys need to do while we're gone um you know we'll we'll have to figure out you know You'll have to figure out, reach out to some other stars people. Uh, you could try go. You, you could try go to the press, but there's no proof, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um. And then, um, suddenly, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. All hell spray. Hell breaks loose. Um. It, when a hit squad opens up machine guns on on Barry's house. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They just fucking unleash hell. I don't know. We have we have had a prologue and two and a half chapters, which have contained nothing but expo- eh, expository information. And I think SP SD Perry went. That's enough. That's enough. And just machine guns fucking everywhere. Machine guns. Everybody. <laughs> it's like that scene in the Predator where they were well, not the Predator, but Predator, where they just bring down the entire jungle. <laughs> And unload the minigun because of a shadow, and they all just they're like, "Oh yeah, let's go after two. And it that's exactly what it is. Uh, it yeah, just, yeah. And it's after that scene. If it bleeds, we could kill it. Is yeah. Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So basically, Jill is the one who picks up on it, uh, and she tells everybody to get down and saves Rebecca's life, um, and just you know, it guns firing everywhere and and they yeah. have to it becomes this really tense action sequence as these umbrella soldiers basically start charging into the house and they just have to fight their way through um and 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 they 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 fight their way through the out of the living room through the foyer up the stairs um and then out of a second story window um, yeah. yeah to to Find to kind of like duck around uh, all of these these uh, umbrella people. Um, so yeah, it it gets really intense, um, and um, they get chased out of the house and into the playground um, next to Barry's house. Because Barry, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of description early in the book about Barry's neighborhood. It's like this really cute quaint suburban neighborhood uh, yeah. barry's house has a playground like not too far and there's the the forest is on the edge of the neighborhood he's basically is the last he's the last house on the left 
uh, to borrow. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. To He's borrow. ruined it for everybody. <laughs> tomorrow, everyone's property values drop. That's what happens tomorrow. Um, so they basically just, you know, have to have to uh, escape. They're running through the playground, the forest, and they, they start engaging and returning fire with a lot of the um the soldiers they've already i think they've already killed a few in the house and now yeah in fact rebecca shoots one doesn't she She rebecca shoots one and she's never shot a human before and she is really bummed out about it Um, oh yeah she this is her first first kill um and uh barry ends up getting shot uh shot in the arms and it's actually kind of a neat uh sequence because not only does he get shot in the arm, he gets shot when the bullet spins him down and he hits his head on a tree as yeah. he as he's uh, falling down. So not only is he shot, he's concussed. <laughs> right, right. He's fucked up. Like He gets fucked up. <laughs> it's a good detail. You know, it doesn't have to. It doesn't, you know, you could have just had him be shot, but it's it's a it's a it's a pretty it makes for a pretty great action sequence. It's good. Yeah. It's good writing. It is good writing. Um so they they um they kill the guy who shot Barry. Um and basically the rest of the guys just kind of, you know, they flee. Like the the, yeah, the moment is over. The combat moment is over. Everybody flees. Um and uh, Rebecca tends to Barry's wounds by telling Chris to take his shirt off. Oh yes. Good times. Good times. So Good Chris times. Chris takes his shirt off. <laughs> now, and I have to assume this isn't Chris in his his boulder punching peak. So he hasn't quite bulked up. He hasn't uh, quite bulked point. up. No, he's not. But I bet he's got some nice twink action going on here. Uh, yeah, he's, everyone can enjoy he's got that. some nice he's 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 going to be cut a little bit. Um He's young. He's not, you he's know. not, he's, you know what it is? He's basically, um, Brad Pitt in Snatch. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real, real, real lean, stringy, you know. But he could, he could knock you out, you know. And you can, and, and you just can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. You, you can't understand anything that he's saying. Uh. No, you can't. <laughs> now, and, and by the way, this whole time they've, they've been, uh, speaking, uh, pretty consistently about these attackers being umbrella they they have they they're working under the assumption that they are being attacked by umbrella who they know has it out for them at this point right um uh and then barry's fine by the way barry's fine (laughs) um barry's fine he's alive um she rebecca uses chris's shirt as a tourniquet and then uh david uh identifies the body of the guy who shot barry as um as uh what's his name jay something Uh, jay shannon jay shannon Uh, captain of the oklahoma city stars Uh, which apparently david and barry trained with the guy i mean 1998 the oklahoma city stars i mean they're they're probably on a lot of people's shit list at the moment but they got they got their work cut out for them at that point yeah Oh, pretty good God. choice to not be in the actual city at that point even if it did get you shot yeah uh um yeah so jay shannon uh is the captain of the oklahoma city stars so they suddenly put together that it wasn't umbrella attacking them it was right. other stars members coming in yes to take them out 
So, so they, they are got nothing. Not feeling good. They're not feeling good about their prospects no. at this point. No, <laughs> nobody likes them. You know, that's that explains a lot about not getting, uh, you know, getting kind of the cold shoulder from stars when it came to looking for any information leading to what the hell's going on at this point. Yeah. David points out that he had just talked to Jay Shannon on the phone a few days earlier outlining the situation. And Jay's like, oh, that's mm. terrible. I'll get I'll get back to you. And yeah, he literally shot got the shit and all that. <laughs> and then he shot Barry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he got shot back. So oh, God. Um, yeah. So so basically they got to find somewhere to, to, to hide somewhere to. Yeah. to and uh, and Brad Vickers, who has skipped town, um, they know that With- his 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 house is is free. <laughs> and you want to remind uh, our audience who Brad Vickers is, by the way, old chicken heart. Brad Vickers is the helicopter pilot for the Stars Alpha team, who yes. um, basically after once the dogs ap- uh, appeared uh, in the in the woods outside of Spencer, the Spencer Mansion, um, instead of waiting for the team to run back to the helicopter, Brad just leaves. He just fucking bails. He got the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that and and true to his true to his now nickname Chickenheart, he has also left town. Uh, you know, it, it didn't even bother ending his lease. Uh, and they know this doesn't matter. As, they know as one of the survivors of the Spencer Mansion incident. But you know what's wild is like he didn't he did he survive what he left before anything no, happened. He didn't. He is the one who came and picked them up at the end. He though. picked them I up mean, at the end uh, after right. uh, after Tyrant blew up. Um, right, but he, he didn't. He, you're right. He didn't survive shit. He, <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just got the fuck out of there. Oh, Brad. So they're um, they're hiding out at Vickers' place. They break in. They hide out. And uh, for the for most of the rest of the chapter, we're getting a lot of um, just kind of. The, the inner monologue of holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Uh, what's what's going to happen next? So now, obviously, at this point, Barry, you know, they're they're not, you know, David tells Barry, you're you're not coming. You're, you're, you're not coming on this secret mission. That's for sure. Uh, what What's the reason that Chris and Jill stay behind? Is it to take care of Barry or something like that? Or is it just that? Um, no, I think it's just they just need to work out. Um, it's basically to figure out who in Raccoon City is under Umbrella's thumb. Um, right. So, like, figure out, like, what's what's the deal with Brian Irons? What's the deal with all these other people, you know? Yeah, so, they're, so it's going to be David and Rebecca heading on up to Maine at this point. Yep, David, Rebecca heading on up to Maine, and they just, uh, they leave. Um, and Rebecca is, like... Um, initially she's like, yeah. And then she's like, she starts feeling it a little bit more after they leave. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> it starts getting heavier and heavier for this girl. Um, now, and we do, we do get, uh, in her monologue with, uh, David on how, uh, he gets kind of, I, I don't know. I interpreted it as kind of paternal. Uh, he's really impressed with Rebecca and, 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 you know, her enlisting and now, you know, him him saying, you're coming with me to check all this shit out. And she just goes, yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so we do get a nice moment there where, where David's pretty happy that he had her join the team, you know, that he brought her on. Right. Uh, 
And so the two of them uh, they get head out. Basically. They get on a plane. They somehow bring their weapons on a plane. Um, sure. It's 1998. It's 1998. Fuck it. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, and, and we get some inner monologue from Rebecca talking about how, like, um, everything he says sounds so nice. Maybe it's the accent. Uh, <laughs> right, right. It's, it is a nice teenage girl moment, isn't it? It's like, it is a nice accent. And, and also that he, uh, he sleeps very efficiently. He just, like, basically puts his head head down and falls asleep when he's on the plane. <laughs> I do want to and I, I do want to cut back real quick before sure. we close out this chapter. Yeah. We do get a moment where Chris uh, you know Chris had removed his shirt. He had uh, uh, to to be to be helpful to Barry and for no other reason than that. Nope. Uh but he does when they get into Vickers place, I guess presumably he disappears to go find himself something to wear and they just kind of Perry just kind of throws this out there and I can't get the image out of my head. Chris walked into the room wearing a faded blue sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off and fell into a chair across from David, which I realize now the difference between a sweater and a sweatshirt. Sure. I understand. It might be a hoodie with no sleeves on it, which which is popular right. among men who don't mind other men seeing their arms right. out. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. I immediately imagined him wearing like a sweater that he had just <laughs> that he had just gone fuck this and torn the sleeves off. <laughs> he just like a really warm woolen like Chris Evans style kind yes, of sweater. I was just thinking a Chris Evans knives out style sweater, right. and was like Chris. Chris walks into the room in the middle of tearing the sleeves off a sweater. Right. <laughs> he just he just flexes and they and the He's sleeves like, explode. Stupid sleeves. <laughs> Fuck sleeves. I'm Chris. And he gets into the chair, uh, Will Riker style by Right, exactly. <laughs> what are we doing? What's up? In any case, that's basically chapter four that's <laughs> chapter four that's the first four chapters you know we're first four chapters you know we're about uh, a, kevin what do you think so far it's fun i i gotta say there's not it's like um it is it is uh front loaded with a lot of exposition but i have a feeling um i have faith in her ability to pay it off later with yeah. um balancing the exposition with the action of uh because even even in that opening scene, there was no need for that uh, real attack um, from the stars slash umbrella team uh, to break up that scene. Storytelling yeah. wise, there it, it doesn't necessarily change anything storytelling wise, but it does it does kind of raise the stakes a little bit. Um, so even in the action, it acted like a little bit as an exposition world building moment. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like it so far. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I think it's a bold move to not have zombies in the first, what, 80, 60 pages rather of, yeah. uh, of your resident evil book. Uh, but I find I don't mind it so much. It's yeah, it's heavily expository, but I think it's kind of earned at this point. It's, yeah. it's, I, I feel good about it. And you know, we all know in all zombie media, man is actually the scariest uh, creature 
Absolutely. 100% of the time works every time. Uh, Except for the guy with the eyeball in his shoulder. That guy fucks me up. Oh, uh, yeah. But well, other than that. Birkin is the scariest. Birkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I feel good about this. I feel it's kind of funny. I, I don't know if it's just me, but there's like there's a somewhat there's like a nice homecoming feel to uh, yeah. reading this. You know, it feels warm, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I know. I, I, I know what to expect out of out of S.D. Perry's writing. I know there's mm-hmm. going to be some. There's going to be some, uh, there's some weird, weird names are going to be in there. Some, there's going to be some, um, you know, thirst, thirsty writing about various members of the, (laughs) of the group. (laughs) Just real subtle thirsts built in there. Um, why not? Why not? So, uh, I, I like it. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm feeling good about it so far. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. Uh, she she did a she 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 got us through uh, a Resident Evil book that was based entirely on the first game. So now she's got free reign to do her own thing, and and I I, I feel good about this. I'm, I'm you know what's funny is it feels the opening of this feels a little bit more like a traditional Western thriller as opposed yeah. to um, basing it off of a Japanese video game, which is based off of a Western horror movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's, right. It's 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 degrees of difference, but there is a difference in terms of how it feels. um, Yeah. Creating this whole cloth out of out of just existing characters versus trying to jam uh, a game into the that format. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, there's a lot to be said for knowing the brand. Yes. Uh, and, and, and SD Perry absolutely knows the brand. So I think, I think that that's what gives me the confidence here. Yeah. So yeah, so far so good. Yeah. So Phil, what are you playing? What are you playing? Oh, God. I, I mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, I was saving it for today. I just finished uh, Resident Evil 5. Um, and oh I actually, before that, it's it's just a year of horror games for me. For anyone who's following me on uh, Twitter, at El Conquistador, uh, I'm, I've been playing through just nonstop horror games lately. Uh, it's my genre of choice, but I've never gone this hard on like one genre for this long. And there are a lot of, I played the original Resident Evil trilogy, you know, years ago, like those ones I'm familiar with. And I've played uh, Seven and Village. Uh, right. But that era in between, when it, when things started getting really combat centric, I never played those, including Four, which is, uh, according to a lot of people, I know a lot of people's favorite right. uh, Resident Evil. Uh, which that one surprised me. I I grew to enjoy Resident Evil. 4. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Neither mine. Uh, no. It's it's neither mine. Jesus. Neither mine. It is not mine either. Uh, <laughs> I think neither, the controls neither. are terrible. Yeah, that's, that's called a whole. No, thing I, I. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think the controls are bad. Uh, frankly, I got used to them. Yeah, but I didn't. I still never. I don't find them to be. Um, uh, very just well designed mm-hmm. uh, for my style of play, and you could feel it starting to get into 
the combat heavy part of it. It didn't go as far as five did. And as you've informed me, six will. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah, but it, but I grew to enjoy it. And in the end, I was like, oh, it's more Resident Evil. That's that's great. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I like the gothic sensibilities. And, you know, I think that's it's terrific. Right. Uh, and now I understand a bunch of references. Like, yep. what are you playing? Uh, <laughs> what I, I are you playing? Now, but but five pissed me off yeah. so much. I think I just beat that one. To, I was like hate fucking it out of my Steam library. <laughs> it's it, it it's it is garbage controls. They leaned into the least interesting parts of Resident Evil. Uh, it's combat heavy with controls that are not great for combat. And uh, you know, I, all right, the stupid campy anime storyline, whatever. Uh, I can take it or leave it. But like, hardly any of the puzzles. Uh, a partner who does not shoot at the right times, who will sit there and stare at you while you're shooting zombies that are coming down the way and then get in your way. Like there was a fight where I had to, you have to shoot um, spoilers. You've got to shoot like this mind control leech off of Jill's chest. Right. And, uh, and it, and it, it helps to draw a bead and the fucking partner. Uh, now I've heard a lot of people say, this is a lot of fun to play when you have a friend. Right. I'm sure it is. All games are more fun to play when you have a friend. The shittiest games in the world are more fun to play when you have a friend. It doesn't mean it's a good game. And I, I would like draw down, like uh, draw a bead on this jewel or leech or whatever it was on her right. chest. And then uh, Shiva, I guess her name Shiva. is. Or, or yeah, she would just like pop up in my fucking POV, <laughs> just staring at me. Like, what are we doing next, boss? And it's like, God damn it, this sucks. <laughs> I... I was I was like down to the last couple of bosses. I was so close to being done with it. And I was just I was fuming. I'm telling my fiance about it. And she was like, why don't you just stop playing the game? Because the game wins. I I, exactly. Exactly. I was like, I'm so close. I'm so close. I have to beat it. I I have to have the achievement that says I finished this fucker and then I can take it out of my two play playlist on Steam. And indeed, I did. I hated it. I hated it. I, I think I'm going I'm going to play some other horror games before I continue down this path. But I think six is just going to make me even angrier. So, yeah, I but I got it. You got it. Good. Good on you. Uh. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to know everything about Resident Evil by the end of the year. Woo! Um, I'm a winner. The uh, yeah. So what I'm playing is um, I'm kind of jumping between a couple of things right now. Um, uh, Revenant from the Ashes, which is a it is some it has the Souls like tag on Steam, um, but it's um, I don't know. It's definitely it doesn't feel like a Souls like it. It, it it's 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 like a 3D action. Oh. It's like a 3D action shooter with some very, very light souls elements. Um, right. But it's fun. The big boss kind of thing, basically. Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, you're running, you run through a level, you occasionally unlock a shortcut um, in the level, and then you kill, uh, you, you fight a big, big bad boss at the end of the level. Um, it's got some really interesting design. Um, the levels feel a little repetitive, though, uh, sometimes. So we'll see how long I stick with it. A lot of people like Remnant, um, and there's a bunch of DLC for it. Um, okay. So we'll see. 
we'll see how far I go with that. The other thing I'm playing is um, I went back to Death Stranding um, because oh. I, I I just. I just needed to to play it a little bit more. I never finished it the first time I picked I played it, and it is a fascinating game. Um, it's basically just um, you're you play a delivery man, you play a porter, yeah. um, and that the the character is played by uh, Norman Reedus um, from Walking Dead uh, fame, and. Um, it's it's an interesting little game. Um, there's a, and one of my favorite little tidbits is recently it's come out that Hideo Kojima is a big Top Gun fan, right? And he he got okay. he watched he watched Maverick and loved it and all that stuff. Uh, he, he said on his Twitter, and I just I noticed as I'm playing it that um, there's a character played by Guillermo del Toro called Dead Man, who is uh, he's like a He's like a doctor who was formerly a morgue attendant. Um, uh-huh. That's how he gets the name Dead Man. Um, and every time, every character that calls you on your little phone has their own ringtone to signify that's them. And Dead Man's ringtone is the first like three or four notes from the guitar lick that starts Danger Zone. By Kenny oh, wow. Loggins. <laughs> Holy shit. I noticed that the other day. I was like, that's Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Hideo Kojima is talking about how much you love Top Gun. And I was like, there we go. That's. <laughs> you know, that kind of makes sense when you think about it, because all of these intense, high energy songs that open Japanese television, they, yeah. you know, those. Those very anime style yeah. kind of rock and rolls. Danger Zone, I feel like, is is kind of the American version of that. Yeah. Like just unabashedly campy, high energy. Right. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, but how do you like? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of things about Death Stranding. Like, I like in it terms so far. Of its speed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's a definitely a slow game, and I think right. one of the things that's kind of interesting about it is that um, you kind of have to play it with a. It's one of those games that's best played introspectively, um, mm-hmm. because there are scenes, there's moments where you'll go out on delivery and you'll just start walking across a field and suddenly the camera will start pulling out and go wider and wider and you're not controlling it it's just doing automatically and then it'll a song will start playing like it'll be like it'll and the 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 song's name and the artist will pop up like in the corner and be like this song by so-and-so courtesy of whatever records and you're just like walking through this this massive field like with a wide camera shot floating above and you have this like chill song playing um it's it's kind of neat that that it's kind of a it's it's a very interesting design choice um if there there's one thing i can say about it is that it takes you know the stealth and the and the control elements and all that stuff from like you know his metal gear work um, but then strips out a lot of the the combat, and maybe there's more combat later in the game, but uh-huh. like it really de-emphasizes that, and it's more just like 
you got to get from point A to point B. You're going to have to climb hills. You're going to have to use ladders, you know, uh, set ladders up, set set climbing ropes up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I, I like it. It's fascinating. That makes me think of my brother. Uh, my brother travels quite a bit for his job. And he said that the best thing in the world is uh, it's like an airport moment where you're like transferring from one flight to another or you're landing or you're heading in for the first time and you're listening to music on your headphones and you're like just walking with purpose and a, whatever song you're playing in your, in your headphones like somehow speaks to that the moment, moment that yeah. you're into that and you feel like you're in a music video. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's kind of oh, it. that's cool. It has those moments. So um, I that's one that I truly have never known what to think. I know so little about Death Stranding, but I've yeah. always been curious. So, yeah, it's take a look at that. One. It's it's weird. And but it's not it's one of those things that on the surface seems like it is like, oh, it's it's you know, Death Stranding, what does that mean? It's so weird. Like, what is all this stuff? All of it is super weird. I don't get it. But it's one of those, like, oh, it's it's weird, all right. But it's actually not mm. that hard to understand. Like, it lays out a lot of the, the stuff. Like, And it, it actually spawned this thought in me about um, what I find, types of sci-fi that I find really interesting are is sci-fi that feels um it appears weird and unapproachable but isn't like yeah dune for example is a good example of of like it is a sci-fi futuristic world but it's written it was written before computers were really a big thing so it has it it's it has this this like complete it's almost like a foreign feeling to it. And I think that's something that's really cool. That's something that sci-fi could lean into a little bit more. It's like, it shouldn't feel familiar. It shouldn't feel comfortable. Right. You know, it's, it's science fiction. It should feel a little bit like, um, uneasy. The, the other. Know? Yeah. The, the other, it, it, it shouldn't be a world that you are inherently familiar with because you got to think about like, okay, well, hundreds of years from now, you know, what is that world like? Imagine, um, you know, somebody from the 1700s coming to today. Like, they would not be able to even begin to process what the world is like. And now right. expand that f- forward from here to 200 years from now. Like, would we be able to process what that world is actually like? Would we be right. able to even right. begin to understand? And I think that's something that Death Stranding does well in that it is it is a world that doesn't make sense to us but it does a good job of explaining it in a way that you're like okay I can go along with it right that is that's a a goddamn Kevin that's a great explanation <laughs> <laughs> science fiction in general Jesus Christ okay death stranding ladies and gentlemen fucking play it apparently uh give it a shot yeah. give it a shot give it a shot okay all Hell right yeah well happy anniversary my friend happy anniversary phil but yeah cheers oh, thank you guys <laughs> thank, yeah, thank, thank, thank thank all of you this you know the the fact is that what we do here is not uh the most it's 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 pretty niche what we do here and the fact that as many of you are listening as there are uh 
that's it's special. Cool. It's really cool. It is. Yeah. It's really cool, and it makes us feel really good. This is this is this was just our. Honestly, this is this is almost just more of an excuse for the two of us to hang out more. Yeah, uh, that's, that's <laughs> pretty works. much what it is. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that so many of you are listening, it means a lot. It's been great. So happy anniversary to everybody. Happy anniversary to us all. Um, <laughs> but if you want to give us an anniversary gift, uh, feel free to uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, follow us on Instagram, both at PixelitPod. Uh, come visit our website, join our Discord, chat with us, um, and share uh, share these episodes with your friends and family and uh, cohort. Um, cohort's a good word. I like that word. Cohort's an uh, excellent word. It's yeah. an excellent word. Um, that would be that would be a lovely one year anniversary gift from you to us. But uh, our anniversary gift from you from us to you is. Uh, we're just gonna keep making these shows, you know. Why not? Why not? Anyway. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.